Welcome to season two of the Made Up Savannah podcast, a storytelling platform for the greatest city in the world. I'm your host, Dee Daniels. Made of Savannah is brought to you by Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, a progressive, inclusive, multi-generational company serving greater Savannah since 1978. This season, we're proud to welcome our partner, Daniel Reed Hospitality, with iconic restored landmark locations in historic downtown Savannah, Georgia. The richness of Savannah's restaurant and cocktail scene is a constant conversation among locals and visitors. Daniel Reed is home to some of the most visited and popular concepts in the Hostess City. The Public Kitchen and Bar, Artillery, Franklin's, Local 1110, Perch, Soho South, and magnificent catering and events. Home to the best chefs in the South, award-winning team members from creative to operations, with food and drinks that not only complement every emotion, but also make you fall in love with the moment. Daniel-Reed.com So satisfy your curiosity, fill up your tank, and write home about it. The Public Kitchen and Bar, Artillery, Franklin's, Local 1110, Perch, Soho South. This is Daniel Reed Hospitality. When you stop in, make sure you mention the Made of Savannah podcast. Thrilled to be welcoming my next guest, Lieutenant Colonel Stephen Tracker Thomas, Commander at Air Dominance Center right here in Savannah, Georgia. And Tracker, I am so happy you are here. We've been going back and forth, getting ready for this conversation for a few months. And this is going to be fun because you have something going on here in Savannah that I'm not sure a lot of people know about. Um, So thank you for sitting down for a few minutes and having this conversation. Thank you, Dee. I appreciate you uh, inviting me. I look forward to this conversation as well. This is so amazing. The, the Air Dominance Center is is one of those places that if you get to go and, and check it out, it will blow your mind. I was there um, not that long ago for a community event. And when I got there and I heard what was happening and I saw some pictures of, of what goes on, I was just really just moved. I mean, it, it it's amazing what happens there. Give us a little a bit of a summary of of what the Air Dominance Center is and and really why it's so important to Savannah. Yeah, so the Air Dominance Center is uh, located there at the airport. We're in the uh, southeast quadrant of the airport, uh, co-located with the 165th uh, Air Wing. Uh, we like to use the term Air Dominance Center and the Savannah CRTC, the Combat Readiness Training Center synonymously. So I'll probably go back and forth between that, but it means the same thing. Just like saying F-22 and Raptor, they both mean the same thing, but you just uh, say it a little differently. Yeah. You know me, I say F-22 and Raptor all the time in conversations. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, after this podcast, you'll say it uh, a few more times, but that's kind of my dialect there. Yeah. And um, so the Air Dominance Center exists. It's a National uh, Guard Bureau um, location or base, if you will. And um Our whole purpose for being there is to put on cost-effective training for the Air National Guard, as well as other DOD units uh, from around the United States. So uh, the Air Dominance Center does everything from ground training all the way to our fifth generation fighter uh, training. And our primary bread and butter is catering to those fourth and fifth generation uh, fighter exercises. So when Savannah sees and hears a lot of fighters overhead that's the or that's my organization that's making all that noise and bringing those folks into savannah to come and train and i've been on kind of a advocacy tour to let savannah know 
about us there at the airport and really to try and communicate why Savannah has become the place where the warfighter wants to come and train. And that is mainly because of some unique capabilities that we have there at the Air Dominant Center. The first one is what I like to call the national treasure, which is right in the backyard of Savannah. And it's the airspace that we fly in. Uh, a lot of times I've flown all over the United States and out of the United States as a pilot myself. And you just don't have large airspace to be able to execute the full envelope of the fighter aircraft uh, that I've flown. However, in Savannah, you have that capability. That's one of the things that just like, again, blew my mind because I, I did not understand, you know, because I haven't been in this this lifestyle. I, I, I did not understand about the airspace and, and what's available in certain areas. Right. And so when you were showing like the airspace that's available in Savannah, it was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. So for you guys to be able to uh, really train a full operation. I don't know if that's the right word, but like to really be able to do that fully in this airspace, how valuable, because it's like you get to practice all of that right here without any boundaries. Yeah, exactly. So that airspace that you're talking about goes from Charleston, South Carolina, all the way down to Orlando, Florida. It's about 230 nautical miles when you get out over the water and it's 250 nautical miles wide. And it's not only those dimensions, but it's also the vertical dimension. So it's from zero to 60,000 feet. So now that gives you a playground, if you will, to be able to operate in. And my best analogy is I know we probably have a lot of Georgia Bulldog fans uh, that are listening to this podcast, but we wouldn't ask the Bulldogs to play the national championship in a racquetball court, right? Right. We would give them an NFL stadium, and that's what Savannah has in their backyard. Yeah. Not only that that range uh, that I described, which... To put it in context, you know, some people might not understand that that uh, distance, but in a fighter aircraft, I'm going that 230 nautical miles in about 18 minutes. Oh, so I can wow. go from Orlando all the way to Charleston that quick. Yeah, a lot of people would like to catch a ride with you um, and be able to make that trip. I would love to be able to offer that ride. <laughs> but um, yeah, but it's also the access to the uh, three bombing ranges that the airspace has as well. So you can do a lot of air-to-air -air tactics out there over the water. Uh, and then you can also flow into a bombing range and uh, drop weapons off your aircraft onto targets in those designated airspaces. And that is right here, just a couple miles off the coast of Savannah. And when you see all those aircraft here in Savannah, they're coming here to be able to train. So I, that just, again, like, I don't know, I was really sort of taken by that because you guys are able to actually drop things and do things. And like, I didn't even know that was going on anywhere near us. You know, it's just, it's funny how that's happening and how important it is. And like, just we're living day by day and, and it's like, that's going on above us and it's pretty wild. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we, we go to the ranges in the designated airspace to drop those uh, weapons. Uh, and we use the overwater airspace to primarily practice our air-to-air -air tactics. And it's just that the technology, uh, not only on the uh, blue side, but also the red side, so the threat aircraft has grown so much that you need all of that space or all of that range to be able to actually accurately replicate the threat and the blue air tactics to be able to prepare for the next conflict. And when those units are at home trying to train to those certain situations, they can't accomplish that because their airspace 
is limited in size uh, to include lateral boundaries as well as vertical boundaries that they cannot execute their full envelope tactics. So that's why you see them coming to Savannah because we have such a large airspace and they can actually execute those tactics integrated as well with the other players that show up. Now, give me a little bit of the history of the Air Dominance Center. Now, how did that come about where we were able to have you guys come here and and use this space this way? I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it hasn't been that way forever. So, and it's such a nice facility over there. Yeah, absolutely. So the Air Dominance Center has been a, around for a long time, but it's looked a lot differently. We did a lot of ground training or just different uh, trainings like getting ready to deploy and go to different conflicts around uh, the world. And as our aircraft has evolved, the different conflicts have evolved, uh, we've kind of focused in on that fighter training. And that is occurring here in Savannah just because of that airspace and those access to the ranges. Let's talk a little bit about the warfighter. Um, are they able to request to come here? How does that work? Because, I mean, this is obviously such um, a top tier place to be able to train and, and do these things. How does that process look? Yeah, so the process is we host some uh, very specific exercises at the Air Dominance Center. One of our uh, showcase events is called Century Savannah. It's a uh, NGB funded event where uh, different units from around the state will, or excuse me, around the nation will come in uh, to that exercise and we will uh, be able to do mission planning, uh, the briefings together, go out and fly together and then come back and debrief together. So we're able to put on a full scale exercise. Uh, so that happens once a year. Uh, and then the other times units are requesting to come here themselves. They'll normally bring another unit or two or Savannah is also uh, strategically uh, placed with a lot of different other units in the local area that can fly from home station. So you have the Florida Air National Guard right there in Jacksonville. That's on the south side of the airspace that can meet our customers that have come to the Air Dominance Center. You have Beaufort just up the road with their F-35s and F-18s. You have the South Carolina Air National Guard uh, that's able to fly and meet in our airspace as well. So people like to come here because they know they have access to all those other dissimilar aircraft and units and can meet in the airspace and get that valuable training that can occur here in, in the uh, uh, Savannah area. Now, I know a lot of people uh, would like to see a lot of that going going down, and I know a lot of, a lot of that we cannot see. So explain how the public can be a part of some of the things that you guys have going on. Um, and I know you've got some events as well, so that might be a way people can get involved. Yes, ma'am. So we uh, have our standard social media uh, outlets that people can follow us and know who is coming to town. And when we are doing different types of training events, we like to push that out to the local community through those social media channels. Unfortunately, a lot of the stuff that uh, we do is at the classified level, right? So we can't really share that with the public, but you can always see the aircraft taking off and landing uh, in the in the local area around the uh, airport. So uh, that's one of the ways that people can can, can connect is uh, watching the takeoffs and landings and, and following us on social media. But I'd like to point everybody uh, to kind of our big event that's occurring in September, which is called William Tell. Uh, 2023. Yeah, this sounds like it's going to be awesome. It is. It's I'm a big deal. I'm calling it the Super Bowl of fighter aviation, right? And uh, it dates back to Swiss folklore, uh, where 
if people are familiar, that's the picture of the dad that's shooting the apple off his uh, child's head. Well, fighter pilots got together and decided they want to uh, compete. And so they named it William Tell and they've been executing this competition uh, for many years, but it's taken a break. It hasn't been done in 19 years in the Air Force. And uh, we were asked to host it in Savannah once, it began, once again because of that great airspace uh, in our backyard. And so we obviously said yes. And, and that's occurring here in September from September 11th will be the first flight and it'll culminate on September 15th. There's not going to be somebody standing with an apple and, and you flying in that direction. That's not, you're not. No. Okay, I'm just, just double checking. Yeah, no, none of that. But uh, the uh, fighters that are coming in, there's nine different units from around the United States that are coming to compete in uh, September. There's going to be five different categories and uh, they're going to train to different events. Uh, one's going to be 1v1 uh, BFM or basic fighter maneuvers, kind of your dog fighting. If you think back to Top Gun, there'll be 2v1s and then 4vx type missions occurring out over the water. Uh, and then each day they'll come back and it'll be graded and there'll be a scoring event. And we're hoping to push that to the local community uh, via the different news channels. Uh, so that the, the local co community can keep up with the scoring each day and which unit uh, is leading, right? Because we're going to crown units from around the United States, the best uh, unit in the different categories. So it's very prestigious. So all these units right now are back home and they are putting their pilots through the rigors, determining which four pilots are going to come to Savannah. Their best four pilots are going to come to Savannah and compete against everyone else. That's amazing. Yeah. I think it's going to be so much fun. I'm not encouraging betting, but I feel like we should bet on that. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, I feel like that would be a lot of fun to uh, track that. I, I do want to mention, it's not just the flying that's going to occur. We're also doing some load competitions. So the maintenance folks that work on these jets every day are going to have competitions as well. Oh, wow. Where they're going to load different weapons on the aircraft and they're going to be graded based on time and checklist following uh, and make sure that they're doing it correctly and they'll get docked points if they do something incorrectly. Uh, so that will also be uh, another graded event. So it's not just flying, it's a lot of ground events as well uh, to crown the best maintenance squadron in the Air Force. So we'll be able to keep up with that on like social media and everything. Yes, it won't be exactly open to the public where we can walk to it and see what's going on, right? Correct. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure. But you do. You guys do have some things that you're looking forward to in the future where people might be able to see what you're doing and all of that. So I'm excited about that. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, of course, keep up on on Instagram. You guys have a great Instagram and and really on the website, too. I think that's a great way to keep up with what's going on. Um, how did you get into doing this? You're, you have such a passion for the Air <laughs> Dominance Center. And I know you haven't been in Savannah that long. Uh, what was your path to get here looking like? Yeah, so my path to aviation started as a young kid where uh, I was actually at MacDill Air Force Base uh, playing golf and uh, saw some fighter jets come overhead. And I just kind of looked up at it. I was in awe. It was kind of my first time being up close to a, uh, a jet. And I said, I want to do that. So I set my sights on becoming a fighter pilot. I went home and told mom and dad that's what I wanted to do. And we did a quick search and based on no one in my family had been military, right? Except for grandparents that served in World War II. And uh, they said, hey, it, you got to go to the Air Force Academy. That's your best chance to be a pilot. So 
Uh, I set my sights on that, worked hard, uh, was accepted to go to the Air Force Academy, played baseball while, while I was there, uh, and then um, went to pilot training uh, in the in the Air Force, track selected to the F-15E. And so I flew F-15Es for uh, my time on active duty and then switched over to the Air National Guard flying F-15Cs. Uh, then I kind of got into the exercise business, uh, working for the National Guard Bureau, putting on that Century Savannah exercise here in Savannah, uh, but working for the headquarters up there in D.C. Uh, and then in January, I was asked to become the commander of the Air Dominant Center. Of course, I said yes, because I love what I was doing in Savannah. I love the mission uh, here. And so I'm able to continue to give back to the young guys um, and by hosting all these different events and providing valuable training to the warfighter. Right. You know, the um, event that I was, I was at, you know, it was very community minded and all about, um, not only awareness with what's going on at the air dominant center, but also uh, creating a relationship with businesses in the community, with, uh, nonprofit organizations, with, with just individuals, you know, I feel like that relationship is so important because once we have something like this here and we know about the fact that it's here, we, we want to keep it here. I mean, you know, Savannah has become such an international hub um, and it's only getting bigger and bigger. Um, and I think that relationship with the community is so important. You know, some of the I'd love for you to talk a little bit about some of the ways that that the community can really support throughout the year um, and what they can do to sort of be involved even when you guys are doing such classified things, you know, it, it makes it kind of hard to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship sometimes, but how can they get more involved? Yeah. So the event that you attended, uh, one of the things that I realized when I took over as a commander in January is that uh, the local Savannah community didn't know who the air dominant center was. They can connect maybe with the 165th and the C-130s that they have. Maybe they have family that went through that organization. The Air Dominant Center is it's extremely small. We only have about 34 uh, full-time military staff uh, and about the same in the contracting uh, or government positions that's running our facility, putting on this entire exercise. So we have a very small footprint here in Savannah, but we provide such valuable uh, training. And so when I recognized that, I made it a point or a goal to start getting out in the local community, going to the different business lunches and just saying, hey, when you guys hear the jets overhead, do you know who that organization is? And people didn't know. So right. I just started telling my story uh, about what the Air Dominant Center does and why it's so valuable, recognizing that a lot of people didn't know about the airspace and why these jets were even coming here. So it just kind of started to build on itself. And I have been getting out to the local businesses and different uh, veteran uh, type events in the local area just if uh, to tell people about what we're doing. Uh, how people can get more involved is mainly those social media channels, right? I can't really open up the base and give right, them any sort right, of access. Sure. Uh, but following us and just being involved and in knowing what we're doing uh, through those social media channels. You know, I think it goes a long ways to, uh, you know, after the event I was at, I started following you guys on Instagram and, and, and just started sharing some of the stuff, you know, you know, share it on your stories, you know, send it like message it to someone, you know, it, it, that goes a long ways because that's a quick way to sort of let everybody know what's going on here. And you guys have 
fantastic uh, pictures and, and, and great details of things that are, that are happening, that it's just, it's a really neat thing to do. And I think that's an easy way for people, you know, share the social media stuff. Like you can really get, get pretty far with that. Yeah, absolutely. Our PA team does a great job uh, doing that. You know, it's my job to bring it in and their job is to broadcast it out to the local community and they do a great job. So like you said, just sharing that information, with the local community and with others would, would, would help us out. So do you get to leave the air dominant center ever? Or are you, are you there for, I mean, you've only been in Savannah since January, right? Yes, ma'am. Um, but do you get to like, do you have a favorite restaurant yet anywhere? Do no, you, not yet. I okay. mean, I'm still getting my feet under me as yeah. a commander. Um, I am starting to venture out in the local community. We've had some organizations come up and, and, um, offer to help out with different events and host different events uh, for the, the units that come in. So as the commander, right, as these units are coming in, they're normally large groups uh, that want to come to Savannah, not only for the training, but they also know what Savannah right? can offer as far as <laughs> food and beverage, right? So they're here to take advantage of that as well. Yeah. So uh, different uh, businesses like Savannah Smiles or the Social Club have come to us and said, hey, you know, we would love to host your folks, bring them here, and we can make sure that they stay safe and give them an atmosphere to be able to um, relax after a long day of work. Uh, and we'll make sure that they get back to the base uh, safe and sound. So I'm still putting my toe in the water here mm -hmm, in Savannah, mm -hmm. but I can tell you this, everywhere I've gone, uh, people have been friendly and nice and welcoming, uh, especially when they find out that, you know, I'm the new commander at the Air Dominance Center and I haven't had a bad meal in Savannah yet. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a welcoming place. And I feel like, you know, most of us that are, uh, that are here, it seems like we've all come from different places, you know, and I think, I think that makes it even more special because we're all bringing our talents to the table here in Savannah and we're adding to what's going on in this community. And that's exactly what you guys are doing. There are so many people coming in through the air dominant center from everywhere, yeah. from all over the world and are able to come to Savannah for a moment uh, when you think about it in a moment in time and they leave their mark, yep. you know, on this community. And, and it's just, it's pretty special. Yeah. I, I like to tell a story. I was at uh, the ch uh, Savannah chamber, uh, giving a brief to some of their ambassadors. Right. And I was doing my, my spiel. And one of the, one of the uh, ladies in the audience kind of stopped me in the middle of my spiel, which caught me off guard, but she said, Hey guys, what he's saying is 100% true. She was from the hotel industry and she described how she's worked with our organization in the past and actually gave examples from people that were here earlier this year and how much money they brought to the hotel, to the local community, to the local bars, to the local restaurants. And that's what the Air Dominus Center is doing, right? These people are coming here. Some stay on base. We do have lodging, right? We do have a, a DFAC or a chow hall for them to eat at. But some people like to come to the local community. And so that's more economic impact to local Savannah for both uh, food, beverage, and hotel stays. Uh, and I just want to point out, you know, in uh, FY22, so fiscal year 22, the Air Dominus Center was responsible for about $35 million pumped into the local economy here in Savannah. And when you combine that with the 165th Air Wing, it was over $85 million into the local uh, economy that our military facility right here at the airport and the Georgia Air National Guard uh, 
you know, pumped into Savannah. That's amazing. Yes, ma'am. I mean, and, and you're right. I think so many people don't realize uh, the ripple effect that it has. And and that's just another reason to get behind it and support it. And, um, you know, I, I just I'm so proud of having that here I, ever since I been able to to meet you and 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 hear your first presentation i was i've shared it with with people and just Thank had a you. conversation and just said you have no idea what's happening here like this is pretty awesome yeah. indeed if i can point out one other one the one i do know is that super bowl event which is everyone can go to william tell 2023.com and that will give them more information about that event and read up a little bit on the history of william tell and the air dominant center there yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm telling you, you're going to love Savannah. We don't, we don't want you to leave now that you're here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, everybody's been great uh, and have been very receptive to my message and the advocacy that I'm trying to get uh, for the Air Dominance Center. Yeah, it, it's amazing what you're doing. And, and thank you for, for all of it. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your work. Um, thank you for what you're doing to, to continue to, to bring light to Savannah and um, and continue to make this community thrive and grow. I, I just, I love seeing that happen and I love meeting the people who make it happen. So mm -hmm. you're one of those. So we appreciate you being a part of this podcast and sharing all about the Air Dominant Center. And we can't wait to see what's going to happen with you guys for the rest of the year. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. So go ahead and share this podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, neighbor, area business owner. You get the picture. If you have an intriguing Savannah story to tell or know someone who does, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at Made of Savannah. You can subscribe on any of your favorite platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, and many more. Thanks for listening to Made of Savannah. The welcome mat is always out. Thank you.